Green Divas and Green Dudes come in many shades of green. Here to help you discover and celebrate your personal shade of green are hosts Green Diva Meg and Maxine Margot, veteran radio chicks who share important news about climate change and the plight of human existence, but somehow manage to make most of it fun and sexy using at least 50 shades of green. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to 50 Shades, at least. No. Nah. Green well, Divas. Could be 51 today. <laughs> could be 49 today. Uh, hey, pick your shade. Pick your shade. I'm Green Diva Meg. I'm Green Diva Max. And we are so glad that you're with us today. And we have lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. As always. And uh, we're going to bring in someone else to talk with us, too. So it's really going to get fun. It's going to be fun. Fun, fun, fun. We're always entertaining even when the topic can be difficult yeah it's sometimes you, you you try to add some i guess i can use the word levity to things in this crazy world where everyone is so stressed they don't it's like chicken little the sky's falling all the time and you gotta breathe you know you gotta and you gotta make yourself Laugh a bit, you know. You gotta, you know, breath in. Thanks for the reminder. I don't do that. You must often enough. I, I used to have a friend years ago when I was, you know, young and drama. You know, it was all drama. Drama. And he would be like, "Meg, just breathe." And I would get really mad. I'd be like, "Just shut up. That's no advice. You're not helping." And then. You know, years later, I realized oh, right. that that's actually a hugely important thing <laughs> yes, to do. Yes, breathing is good. My, my, <laughs> my, my dad had open-heart surgery a long time ago when it was a kind of new and um, out in California. And, and when we went to visit him right after the surgery, I said, Dad, how are you doing? And he goes, breathing is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never forgot that <laughs> yeah, line. It wasn't yeah. in a yoga or breathing. It was an actual physical. Yes, breathing is good. Breathing you know, is you know, good. Which is why we want to get the word out on this show that we need to preserve and protect the environment. Clean air is pretty helpful. Clean, clean air yeah. with breathing. Clean air is a good thing. Pollution's bad for Pol- breathing. Pollution bad. So, so uh, before we roll too much further, I just want to invite you all to join us um, out in the social world. Let us know what you want to hear, what you like. And for now, we have a couple of different handles. Right. Uh, we're going to get our own, we're, but for now, it's either at The Green Divas mm-hmm. on most of them or The Green Divas or Green Diva Meg mm-hmm. or, or at TM Shades of Green and uh, – we are on all the various sundry platforms, iHeart uh, and iTunes and Stitcher and Spreaker, Spreaker and SoundCloud. And s- yes, we're, we're in the cloud, uh, literally all the time. Uh, <laughs> and, and we are going to have at Fifty Shades of Green Divas at some point very soon, and we'll let you know. Yeah. In the meantime, you can always go to thegreendivas.com and right. find out more because we do have a page for us there right. and uh, some of the – People that we've been interviewing, we have posts up mm-hmm. and podcasts and all the fun. All the good stuff. All the good stuff, I say. So, you know, last time we were in the studio, we talked about that kind of bizarre, that dude that wants to recreate mastodons or what What were they? Woolly mammoths. Woolly mammoths. Okay, same in my mind, same thing. I know it's not. Yes. Uh, you know, for to, for some kind of cockamamie idea for bringing them mitigating back. climate change, which... right in the tundra because they will press down the earth 
and the snow, and, okay. and that will let the air breathe. Talking about breathe, we like, like there's got to be a better a, way. I, I, don't, I don't know. I but, really think he just wants an excuse to create these things. Right. But I, I, at any rate, it got us talking towards the end of that. We were mm-hmm. like, we love elephants. Right. We love elephants. I love elephants. And, and my, my best bud, Crazy Cuckoo, Auntie Cuckoo, as she's known, is an elephant freak. Every birthday I get her an elephant. But there's been some recent uh, news about uh, Asian elephants, and they're one of the most empathetic and beautiful, intelligent creatures on the planet. Yet there is such a huge problem with people still trying to kill them for their tusks. Really upsetting. Um, and, and it's really, I mean, it's going off of what this study is, but um, just think about these these amazing creatures. Uh, and, and, and they have, a study's been done recently, uh, and it was through the University of Cambridge, Dr. Josh Plotnick, founder of Think Elephants International. He divides a new test for self-awareness with colleague Rachel Dahl, who's a Ph.D. student at University of Veteran Medicine in Vienna. Um, and basically they realized through the study that, that elephants, Asian elephants, are able to recognize their bodies as obstacles to problem-solving. And it kind of strengthens evidence of their intelligence and self-awareness. I mean, they've, you know, videos that people, you know, even have on Facebook is amazing oh to see God, what they've done. Oh, my God, you ever seen the, the, the elephant painting? Painting a picture, and there's no question that that is happening. It's real. It's not Photoshopped. Absolutely. Well, there's no question. We love elephants, and do what you can to support organizations that are helping. There's so many. You know, there are. There's so many. So do it, people. That's all I'm saying. Help the elephants. So let's help the humans Uh, (laughs) while we're at it. Yeah, they need more help probably than most species on the planet right now. So, But you had a little bit of news from... Right. I mean, what's happening now in this current administration? I call it a regime. Yes, I I think it is. And and, in Congress and and with the president and the appointment of Scott Pruitt as the head of the EPA, which is kind of an oxymoron. Right there, or moron, just in general. WTF is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's mind-boggling what they're trying to do. They're trying to just take the country back to 40, 50 years. And we used to uh, look at the air and actually see it. And now, because of the Clean Air Act, we can actually see the air most places in the United States. But, hey, that's going to change because they have taken the regulations that are so important and have literally dismantled policies. But it turns out that even in coal country, environmental regulations are creating jobs. He wants to dismantle the the regulations to create jobs, yet because of regulations, jobs are being created. Right. So uh, one one example is the Appalachian Stream Restoration, started by this gentleman named Chris White. And they employ 30 people, many of who are displaced miners. Right. So we're giving miners who are in jobs where talk about breathing is tough. Yeah. yeah. And now they they travel across the region um, in West Virginia fixing broken streams with backhoes. So wow. it's like plumbing for streams. It's like they're the plumbers of yeah. streams yeah, to yeah. get the streams going again. It's so important. And the National Mitigation Banking Association, which is a trade group, says ecological restoration is a twenty five billion dollar industry. And much of these jobs are made possible by environmental regulation. See, so listen, the, all these yahoos out there who think regulation is bad and it's like bad for business and we can't make money. 
mm-hmm. crap. Crap. crap on that. And here's some news that's actually encouraging. It's a it's a win win because yep. there these people are now doing an, an alternate job. You know, they're not mining and, and going in the mines and, and and having you know black lung disease <laughs> in a future date and asthma and, and, and every possible lung disease you can have. And, well, and they're and they're helping the the atmosphere and the land by getting the streams going again. So, in that light of encouraging news and positive stories we have a wonderful guest today mm-hmm. one of our favorite green divas out there who's been producing a whole series of videos the climate listening project and she's been working with clean air moms mm-hmm. moms clean air force right. um uh, to do some videos with them and all about going around the country and finding out, especially this latest series, women who are on the front lines of climate change, you know, how resilient they are and how they're adapting and the solutions they are finding. And there are some really positive stories in the midst of some of this really, the difficult challenges that that we're all facing with this. Right. When you face challenges, solutions have to come because there's no choice. So you create them. Yep. And and through all these uh, various weather-related things, uh, the tornadoes and, and flooding and everything, and and we know that you know women are on the forefront. We're taking care of our families. They're 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 the ones we need to protect as well. And so it's really great what uh, Dean is doing. So I'm going to ask you all to stay tuned and uh, get ready to be inspired. Uh, This is James Cromwell, and you've been fortunate enough to be listening to Fifty Shades of Green Divas, a wonderful program you should support. Thank you. It has been way too long since we've had a chance to speak to one of our very favorite green divas out there in the world, Dana Ruggiero, who is the director of the Climate Listening Project. I love listening to Dana, her laugh, her infectious optimism, and it's spilling out through her project out into the world, which is so what we need right now. Right. Absolutely. I mean, the Climate Listening Project, uh, it's a collection of stories in video form. Um, It's individuals and farmers and educators and scientists, people of faith. Any comedians? I don't know. As well as small and large businesses who have been affected by climate change, and and you bring those stories out, which is which is amazing. Uh, you know, in a quote by 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 Pope Francis, he said he declared, "It is a moral obligation to protect the planet. Science is not the demon; it is the savior." And I know, listening to people, um, and and you're working with with people of faith as well. Uh, so can you touch on the climate listening project? What, what, you know, a little more detail about what, what it's about, what you've done, who have you been speaking to? I'm so excited to be talking with you guys today. Thank you. I love the green divas so much and you all inspire me and, you know, I'm inspired by folks around the country and around the world on a daily basis through the project that I've been doing. It's given me that opportunity to meet a lot of people and listen to their stories Actually, this month, I've been doing the Climate Listening Project for three years and traveling around based out of Asheville, North Carolina, and connecting hopeful conversations on climate and community. 
And I kind of started trying to get away from convincing anyone that climate change was real and just showing the real people that are impacted by climate change and the real people that are creating solutions. And so now I'm, you know, I'm kind of taking it a step further and showing the very real connections between the fossil fuel industry and climate change through stories from women across America. I just got back from a national tour with the Moms Clean Air Force, and I'm releasing my new series called The Story We Want. Hmm. And it is American stories demonstrating the new day-to-day reality for many women across the United States. Well, and one of the things I know, it's a word that uh, has been attached to your work, is you're highlighting resilience. So it's not just like, oh, God, you know, the rivers are getting polluted and there's pipelines going in and we're – you know, it, it's, it's often your stories highlight that these folks are finding creative ways. They're resilient. They're finding ways to adapt to what's happening, right? Yes. I mean, we went to eight states on, on the tour with Moms Clean Air Force, and, I mean, there's, there's a million moms and dads that are a part of that, that group um, from all over, and they are working together. They're researching. They're trying to find solutions all to protect their children and their communities. So they're confronting fossil fuel industries, climate change impacts, culture of extraction, but they're doing research. They're planting seeds of hope. They're telling their stories. And hopefully by them telling their stories, they're connecting with other people, other women, other moms, other parents who, you know, can join them, who can be inspired to share their stories and to create like a better today and a healthy tomorrow, you know, work together. Right. Well, what's a recent, like a really recent story that that kind of grabbed you lately that you can give our listeners uh, a bit about? The first episode of the new Story We Want series is about two women, Tracy and Caroline, in North Carolina. And they are going up against the coal ash ponds there, the coal plant uh, pollution, and you know having health concerns in their community, even themselves, um, Tracy. And so they're, they're working together to protect their families. Um, this one coal ash pond there is over, you know, 300 acres big and 16 stories deep. And so the kind of threat of climate change of, you know, since I filmed there, we had Hurricane Matthew come through. We have other storms with, you know, tornadoes and flooding. And so you worry, you know, about the danger that, that the dam holding all of this coal ash that's, that's kind of just protecting this one dam, protecting this um, all from emptying into the floodplain, which is their community, where Tracy lives. Also, they recently went in and they did a, a test drill for fracking. Um, so Tracy went up, you know, sort of spoke with her local elected officials, and when they didn't listen, um, her and her community voted them out. And they all have right. been doing research. They're connecting through their church, through their local community, they're holding vigils, holding events, bringing the community together. So you have Caroline and Tracy working together with other moms, with Moms Clean Air Force and other women and individuals around the community, you know, really taking action, meeting with local universities and, you know, trying to figure out alternative solutions. There's kind of an interesting ending that a lot of people are shocked by in this first episode, but it's all about persistence. It's all about working together. And who knows, you know, these efforts that they're doing, 
might lead to, you know, these real solutions that we know exist, that we know that we can do in order to be resilient. So they inspired me for sure. You focused in this last series that you've been working on on women, and you and I have talked about this before, how women are very often on the front lines of these issues because they they do take it upon themselves to protect their families and their children and their communities. Well, let's just face it, women kind of rock, but yes, yeah. we do. We rock, <laughs> we roll, we're resilient, and we when we need to kick butt, it's going to happen, and that's what these women are doing. I mean, obviously, it, it, it's a it's a it's a culture of extraction, and um, these people they're being poisoned for profit, uh, as 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 I've read, and that's true. And how do you get around that? How do you do that? And that's what these these women are doing. I mean, if you're getting elected officials in that are thinking in a different way of you know, yeah, this clean coal and. And coal ash is good. I mean, how can you well, even, well, you know, talk about that? So these stories are are the way that other communities can be inspired and say, wait a minute, we don't have to just sit and take this. These women got active and look what they did. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I that's the it. thing, you know, these women, they're doctors, they're teachers, they're stay-at-home moms, they're real estate agents, they're, you know, different jobs, they're... They're not activists. They're they're moms. They're women. They're they're you know Americans. They're just individuals that are here and a part of the environment. You know we have to breathe clean air. We have to breathe. You know we have to drink clean water. We need these certain things for us and for our children to survive. So women have this you know history of making sure that we are taking care of our of our families and they're taking their mothering. Essentially, I mean just this history of resilience and this the strength that women have out into the community now, you know, working together with other women and other individuals. And um, Laura Lennick, one of the advisors on the project, um, has, you know, one time said to me that, you know, when I, when I go out with the Climate Listening Project, what I allow people to do is to share their stories and be their whole selves. And I think that's something that women, within one day, you know, like some of these documentaries are such a glimpse into their lives, into the day-to-day um, and it's now, it's like, we can be, you know, these kind, soft, warm women. We can, at the same time, on the same day, be a fighter, be a warrior, be, you know, out in the community, uh, you know, bringing people together. We can be communicators. We can be listeners. We can be the voice. We can be all of these different things, you know. And it is part of a new day-to-day of, you know, if we want to create the kind of solutions that we want to protect our air, to protect our water, to protect our children – you know, the new day-to-day does include calling our elected representatives, running for office ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, right. being a part of the community, um, being a part of an active part of our community. And, and, and it's local, it's national, it's global, and there's a place for everybody. You know, it's not just environmentalists or, you know, Democrats. A lot of these people that I've listened to through the years, I mean, three years, they're Republicans, they're conservative, they're, you know, they're connected, though, by their children that they want to take care of. They're connected by the birds that they love. They're connected by the food that we eat. You know, there's these connections that bring us back home, right, bring us together, the things that we love, the things that we need. And women recognize that, and they have that resilience to make it happen, right? So I I think we're seeing, you know, I mean, it's a million moms and parents that are part of the Moms Clean Air Force 
they're taking action, you know, so it's like, come on, it could be a little thing that you do in your daily life, or it can be really stepping out, um, because some of these women, they had to, you know, right. they, they had to become um, active, they had to fight back, because, you no know, we, we do don't have a choice, them. they didn't have a choice. Right, a friend, I'm sorry, I, I, someone, a friend of the show who we've had on, Eva, uh, and she's, she was film biz recycling, now she's Art Cube. Um, someone called her online, and she's like a kick-ass, boots-to-the-ground person, an alpha bitch. <laughs> and there was all this discussion going on about whether that was a good thing, a bad thing, and, and is it a badge of honor? Is it, a, is it an insult? I mean, I mean, and these women who are going out kind of doing that, forcing themselves to do this and like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be nice when it comes to this. I've got to do what I've got to do. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, just the fact that I'm a woman and I'm a director, I mean, you know, I could ask people, anybody I meet on the street, hey, name your five favorite women directors. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I really do not care what people have to say. I think that we have the ability, like Laura said, you know, to be our whole selves. And maybe I am an alpha bitch, but maybe also I'm a warm caretaker of my family. Maybe also I'm, you know, a uh, volunteer. Maybe also I'm, you know, I'm everything. I'm right. allowed to be first, whatever it is that I am. And I don't think all. we have to answer to anybody anymore. And one of the groups in the second episode in the series, um, the gas companies, the, the fossil fuel companies actually tried to put a gag order on these women. They said, you know, you can't even talk about this. You can't talk about the health impacts to your children or your community. You can't, you can't even talk about it. But they fought back and they won. There's always going to be people that are going to say, yeah, you know, oh, stop, stop speaking out, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. because of this or that. But right. we can't. Well, first of all, l- let's just state for the record that, Dana, I have never experienced you in all the times that we've uh, met and countered and worked together. You're not an alpha bitch. You may be a, a super active, like get it done kind of gal, but you know, bitch just isn't a word I would ever. Right? I mean, I, that, I don't know. I don't, the context that they're using no, it, but either I, is it is it a, the connotation was well? Was it a bad connotation? Was it a good connotation? I mean, it's fine, and I'll you tell know. you why. Because if it were a man, no one would question it. No one exactly. would touch the word bitch. They would just say he's getting it done. Mm-hmm. And he's exactly. doing whatever he's got to do. He's, he's the alpha male. As a, oh, 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 right. You know. Yeah, you know. It's like he's a big swinging dick. Right, right, right. Blah, right. Blah, blah. Swinging it back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, when it's us, there's a negative connotation. But I just have to say that Dana is a wonderful, wonderful go-getter, get-it-done producer, director, but she's not a bitch in any way. I was calling her. No, I know, I know. It wasn't no, I me. I was no, just I bringing up the term I know. because I know. when when women who do things that get results and they have no, to I step know. on things, and, and Dana, certainly you're you know out there trying and no, these no. women no, I, I know i know you, but the truth is excuse like, me no, no. see if i can i'm no. an alpha bitch remember let's be honest i'm, I'm definitely I'm like an okay alpha. with it I, i'm an alpha bitch and i'm okay <laughs> see dana's okay with it we're all good no i i mean i know that i can be very assertive and i've been accused of being aggressive and trying to get done what i need to get done to complete a show or whatever to get get what what we need to get the word out and uh I'm okay. Yeah, I really don't care. Neither do Even, I. you know, I mean, I'm I'm married and I have, you know, my stepson is 13. 
you know, I mean, I would say that I'm trying to lead also at home as a strong female, you know. I mean, I just took him to volunteer the other day on a farm and, you know, trying to bring him around different kinds of people. He's going on a school trip to Washington, D.C., um, with his class. And, you know, I'm just, I think that, you know, him seeing me being strong and being, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I, there's no, there's no, like, you know, I think that my family, you know, they'd probably be the ones to say that because I'm like, let's get good grades. Let's try to be nice people. Let's, you know, get out there and volunteer. Let's be active in our communities. So I think that that they'd probably be the ones to say that. Well, about you know, me. it's just it's it's so funny because like the the distinction, right? You know, whether and women get accused of being bitches when they're mm-hmm. being assertive and getting it done. Right. Yeah. But the fact is, is we don't have to be nasty to do it. You right. know what I mean? You can right. be direct and you can be clear mm-hmm. and you can be kind. And people will still call you a bitch because you're being direct. But that, I don't That's care about the that. Point. Yeah. That is the point. You know, it's like, I mean, in my in my documentaries, I'm in them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can look at us. You can look at all of the women. I mean, we went to eight states. There's a lot of videos that we released also before the election, um, you know, from Texas, from Colorado, North Carolina, California, New York, Florida, um, New Mexico, all of these women, we're not like in full makeup and trying to impress anybody. We're telling our real stories. We're sharing the reality. We're real people. And maybe somebody's, you know, you know, this or that or whatever anybody says about anybody. This is just who we are, you know. And so there's going to be people that aren't only going to say based on how we act, they're going to be based on how we look, you know. I mean, there's a lot of standards for women in society, yeah. you know, that I just, I mean, I just don't, I'm just, I'm just trying to not even deal with them and continue moving forward because yeah. in, that is the thing that keeps women from telling our stories. And that's why I called the series The Story We Want, yeah. because men have told our stories over generations. Also, the news media is not covering climate change. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to tell our own stories. Right, right, absolutely. And we can be scared to, based on what people say, you know, because there's always going to be something, whether it's the way we act, the way we look, how old we are, whatever. You know, it's I, like, I, nope, I, no thanks. I think I've gotten <laughs> to a point at this point, and maybe it's just because I'm getting old, but, like, I really don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, I'm, like, over it. And, yeah, I, you know, you can I, call I, me I, ugly. I'm older than both of you, and I'm like, I don't care. And I don't feel my <laughs> I don't feel my age. And if someone's going to call me something because I'm speaking out because I refuse to be silent, I refuse to not yeah. get my point across. And, you know, I was p- trying to be fair uh, in the last election, you know, for a while until something just hit me in the brain and said, I can't do this anymore. Right. I'm not being true to myself. And I've got to talk and, and say things say so, the truth. Say and the say truth. the truth. Yeah. So so the youngins, you know, the millennials, I know you've done a college tour um, and you were working on, on a sustainable food tour. If, when you did that, are you still doing that or is that over with? Or Yeah, I've been touring and showing the different climate listening project films at colleges and universities around the country. Okay. And I have actually, I'm going to be going to my alma mater, one of them, um, in the fall, I've got that set up, and then I'm going to be also, I've been also doing like a lot of different community events, I'll be going, we'll be launching the new series at the Green Festivals in New York, LA, and DC coming up this year, and so at the universities, at the events, 
get a chance to meet a lot of people of all ages. And I also did a series um, with teenagers, or not a series, a, a video with teenagers, and had a chance to even go a little bit younger and get to hear what some folks thought about creation care and climate change for a faith piece that we did. Um, but yeah, the, the young people I think that I met on this last tour also are, they're, they're not questioning things. They're just, they, they, they don't, there's no like this idea of, do you believe in climate change or not? You know, mm -hmm. that's, I think, a debate for older folks. You know, they right. have to accept it because they understand science, they understand facts, they understand that they have to care for creation, no matter what, you know, all the different reasons they're, they're taking care for they their future. So I don't, I don't see questions yeah. like, uh, like the same that I do from older people. Mm -hmm. Well, they understand that they're inheriting this mess, and they have yeah. to just, they don't have time to debate. They've got to just step up. And they don't have the kind of jobs available that I think that a lot of, you know, maybe my generation did. So they're, like, really, like, interdisciplinary, creating different mixes of solutions. I mean, you know, in whatever field they're in, they're thinking about climate change, you know. So it's it's kind of interesting to see how it it do, it's it's one of those things that you know needs to be studied across all fields, you know, and solutions can be created across every sector. Okay, I hate to do this, but we we got to wrap it up. First of all, you know, we're going to do this again sooner than later. Yes, we'll but in see the, you in New York, hopefully. Yeah. In the meantime, can people get information about what you're doing? I know you also worked with Years of Living Dangerously, and I, I just got to throw that out there because that's an amazing series as well. Uh, oh, my gosh, I just shared a photo of uh, the season one, episode four premiere that we did and with oh, Mary yeah. and Hid and all of them, and that that's so much fun. They just shared the trailer for the new, um, the new series, The Story We Want, so I was really, really grateful to them for that. The season two is out, and they're releasing a lot of short clips and videos and a lot of really good, you know, daily actions on their website and on their Facebook and social media pages. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, as far as taking action, you know, there's no, there's no better place to go than, than to connect up with the Years of Living Dangerously but in the meantime, um, Years Project. Tell us how folks can find your latest work. Thank All right. Up. So we have a website set up, thestorywewant.com. And then folks can come to screenings coming up in Washington, D.C., New York, and Los Angeles at Green Festival. You can take action, momscleanairforce.org. And also you can connect up with the series. You can connect up with all the other videos in the past you know, project over the last three years um, on the Facebook at Climate Listening Project. So you can get connected, share your own story. Keep us informed, and maybe we'll uh, you'll give us a post or something we can repost on the site to help us Great. promote what you're doing. Take good care out there being busy, and we look forward to talking to you soon. And, and Thank make... you so much for all that you're doing. You two inspire so many people. Sharing your stories. I love you. We love you, too. You've been listening to The 50 Shades of Green, a collaborative gig between the Green Divas and the Many Shades of Green radio shows, happily recorded at Green Diva Studio. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts and The Many Shades of Green on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher, among other places. You can find more information about this show 
and much more on thegreendivas.com. <laughs>